0: This is the story of a beautiful place known as the happiest place on earth and all of its history, its secrets, and its tricks that you may find if your mind believes in design and you allow your heart to believe in magic. Step inside and become a citizen of Disneyland. Tony Mendez, welcome back to Disneyland for Designers. How are you, sir? Very good. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing well. Uh, the last couple of weeks, as we brought the podcast back, we've talked about, you know, the most unfun stuff possible, a CEO that uh, a lot of people said... Uh, How could the community ever turn on him? We were never there for him. And I say, you got to give everybody a chance. You know, I mean, you can't write off anybody out of the gate. And then last week we talked about the magic keys and their script for either, you know, really, really like a huge mistake or really, really great marketing. I don't know if we'll ever know because we don't know what happens on si- inside the boardroom, on those whiteboards, and what ultimately the goal of the magic key was. But it was a fun conversation to, well, I won't say it was a fun conversation to have, but I think it was a needed conversation to sort of, you know, look at it from a couple of different perspectives and i think a lot of people are are, are looking at it and uh just kind of get it all out there but now that i feel like we've done our homework the last two weeks we can have a little bit of disneyland fun this week.
1: Yeah, i think uh yeah, we we did really go uh deep into all this stuff that's been kind of in the forefront of of the park situation and i feel like uh yeah, a little bit of the fun got lost in that so i i think it'll be good to get back as we go into the holiday season here we definitely uh we have to have more of that enjoyment that fun and the reason why we enjoy going to the parks uh you know so prominently in the conversation so
0: absolutely but i i'll say this tony and and hopefully i think you understand where i'm coming from is the reason why i don't hold back on like last week i covered uh, the six-month reopening of the park. So we looked at the tickets. We looked at for the video I did, Forgotten Disneyland, which talked about a lot of things that hadn't reopened. And my whole vibe is this. It, don't ever confuse me. I love going to the park. I enjoy being there. But, like, I just don't ever want to be a corporate shill, right? I don't ever want to be that person where, like, well, of course he's going to love the new chicken sandwich. Of course the new ice cream flavor is the best ice cream flavor ever. Like, I always want to try to create that balance of, Don't get me wrong. I love this place, but I also love studying it as a business. And when you look at things, uh, studying it from a business, it almost gets into sports radio where, yeah, it's still your team. You still love your team at the end of the, the week, but you want to criticize. Why is that? what they did Sunday night when they were playing the Tennessee Titans. Way to go, Rams. So I always like to do that. Before we get into our holiday special, though, I'm going to bring this up. One of my favorite passions uh, as far as Disney content goes is I love the website Mice Chat. And Mice Chat put up a survey that I'm desperately trying to scroll to here real quick, because I thought we could just read it real quick before we get into our holiday fun and just kind of overall look at, you know, what the Disney community is uh, feeling right now. And man, oh man, are these posts that they do insanely, insanely long. Um, Maybe I won't ever be able to find it. Maybe I'll just be here scrolling for the rest of my life, Tony.
1: Wow, that's uh it sounds like a pretty sick survey. I mean, if it's uh, that hard to find, like, <laughs> yeah, I think th- they usually want people to find those and uh, you know fill them out. But
0: well, they do their their weekly update and they put so many amazing images of what's going on at the resort. and uh, mm. I they also posted their survey in there. And as you know, I've been doing a lot of different things today, and I and now I'm getting an ad. Oh man, it, it's like impossible to look at a website these days. There are so many ads on top of ads. It's uh it's getting difficult. Oh well, strike this from the record because I can't... Um, here we go, here we go. It's the second article down. I just wanted to read these real quick. One of their questions was, if you're a Magic Key holder, are you currently, as of November 2021, satisfied with your Magic Key purchase and your ability to access Disneyland theme parks with your Magic Key? Um, now... Most people are always going to say that they're unsatisfied when it comes to this whole thing, but it was a lot of people. They had 57% of their survey uh, of people said that they are unsatisfied. So, I mean, that's over half. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's a pretty big number. 13% of the people were satisfied and 28% were neutral. I would always like to talk to the 28% of people that are neutral
1: Yeah. I don't know how you can have a neutral opinion on this. Like it's going to be one or the other. I don't know. You're like, you know what? Nah, like I don't have an opinion either way. There's (laughs) nothing I have to say regarding this current situation. So thank you. But no, thank you. I have nothing further to say. A second
0: question uh, that garnered 413 votes. So 400, you know, Hard, we're talking mm-hmm. hardcore Disney people that go over to this website weekly, right? If you're a Disney magic key holder, given the costs and issues with the reservation system, would you currently recommend buying a magic key to other Disney fans, friends, or family on this one? 20% of people aren't sure. 7% said they seven said they would recommend it. 72% of people said they would recommend not recommend buying this. Like they would just, Hey, whatever you do, don't spend money on this now. Maybe they're good friends, and they're trying to protect their friends from buying something that they don't need or they don't think is efficient. Or maybe they're trying to hog the reservations for themselves.
1: Yeah, at this point, uh, those reservations are tight, man. You got to do everything you can to make sure you get your spot. Yeah. Forget about your friends. Get your reservations and get in the parks. Take a fun for themselves
0: survival of the fittest at Disneyland in 2021. And then the final question on the survey uh, was if you're an unsatisfied magic key holder and could cancel your membership and get a full refund now, would you? And 48% of the people said that they would get a refund right now. That one surprised me the most. And I think overall, one of the things that we got on the last two weeks is people lecturing like, well, if you want the company to change, stop spending money with them. Uh, And, you know, I think we all protest in our own ways. Uh, I personally really do not put any money into the mobile food ordering. I don't like it. I'd rather stand in the line just to do it. Last Monday, I was at the park with Dylan from Theme Park Obsession, and we were just like, no, let's not mobile order. We don't want to be bullied on when we can get our food. Let's go ahead and stand in line old-fashioned because we're here hanging out as buds. And let's let's talk while we're waiting in line. Um, and I did not buy a magic key for my wife. Um We just looked at the prices and the reservation system like, you know what? We'll just buy her a ticket whenever she wants to go. She's not hardcore. She doesn't need to go all the time. It's not something that she's like obsessed with. She just moderately loves. Uh, And I'm not buying Genie Plus. I don't see it being efficient. So, you know, you can protest with inside the system, I guess I wanted to say.
1: Yeah, you can uh, a la carte you know the things that you don't need or <laughs> <laughs> it works the protest. other way right I, I mean i guess it really does like you i mean you're in the system right now because you've got a magic key i've got a magic key i'll be using it for the first time this coming uh wednesday so i haven't even fired that baby up yet and Whew. i could tell you right now mark i am already neutral that uh, no opinion
0: <laughs> that magnetic strip of justice is going to swipe oh wait a minute it's digital, so never mind. Let's strike that from the record. So one of the reasons why Tony is finally unlocking his magic key, uh, he is coming here from Chicago to go to the first Marius Nights that will be happening this Thursday on December or sorry November eleventh. Something I didn't even think about, Tony. Mm-hmm. Marius Nights was announced on a Friday. They dropped the tickets on a Monday morning. They literally gave the event. Not even a week's full of, hey, are you going? Are you doing this? Like it was the most like last minute ticket drop ever. It basically felt like, you know, uh an NFT was going up and you had to scramble to go try to get it or a rare pair of Jordans. But when I bought the tickets and then I looked at everything, I think where Disney missed a huge marketing opportunity. And oh, do they love huge marketing opportunities? Marius Knight's the November 11th date that you and I have tickets to it's an advance preview to Disneyland Christmas, like Christmas, the holidays officially start Friday, the 12th. If you bought a ticket for Thursday, the 11th, you're getting an advance on Disneyland Christmas with a limited capacity. Now, granted a couple of the lands are closed, but as far as like the Christmas vibes, I can't believe they missed the opportunity of packaging that first night as a advance to the holidays.
1: That's a really good point. Do you recall? See, I don't even remember at this point, but the the first one that we're going to, was that one a little bit more expensive than the later ones? I can't, I can't recall.
0: I bought all five nights so that I could cover it for the channel. Um, and I just, well, I'm covering four nights. One night I want to shoot a vlog because, yes. Beth will be returning for a holiday date night. Uh, but I can't remember what when the prices spiked or when they went back down. But I really feel like that was a missed marketing opportunity. But I think before we get into being excited, let's just get more bad news out of the way. I think a lot of people are worried that these five nights are a test run for can we make more money off of Christmas at Disneyland, which is already an insanely popular time at the park. So I think a lot of people's apprehension to buying these tickets was one, they did a horrible job explaining what was happening. Like the descriptions were subpar at best.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, That's, that's actually something I hadn't even considered is Christmas is a really big deal and I could absolutely see them, doing a test run and saying, okay, based on the popularity of this event, yeah, we can charge way more money for this, or we can pare down on what's being offered or, or, you know, the the parades, the events, fireworks, you know, or we could offer these things piecemeal and pretty soon you might have to pay a la carte for this aspect of it or for this. So yeah, it's something I hope isn't in the cards and I hope is just speculation at this point, but a very good talking point, especially just the way things have been going. Who knows? Yeah, yeah I, I would not discount that at all.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of fans were worried that this Five Nights is a test run. And, you know, when you look at the Halloween offerings and then you look at Oogie Boogie, it, I mean, it, it definitely is worth the upcharge because they give you so much Halloween on that night. I think a lot of people would be worried that if a lot of the Christmas festivities rolled behind a paywall, uh, that that would be, you know ruin a lot of family traditions and all that stuff. Uh, I honestly would hope that it's, that's not what it's playing. It's not going that way. If it did go that way though, my only stay in positive for the sake of staying positive, um, even though it would be a bad mistake if they did that. When you look at Oogie Boogie and what you get for your money, it is a great value to be determined if Marius nights is worth the value. And when I did my, is it worth it video? I just said right out of the beginning, I don't know. They're, they've been very coy with what's exactly happening. And my ultimate, um, breakdown of Marius nights is that it not knowing what they offer out of the gate. The biggest attraction for it I could see is it's for people that have more money than time. So if you really want to take the kids or the family or go on a date night or go by yourself, to Disneyland Christmas, but you don't want to be submerged in the dense crowds and wait forever to do things like mansion and small world. This is essentially a lightning lane night. Um, That's my early intuition on it. We'll see (laughs) next week. We'll be able to review it uh, when we do the podcast because we'll both been there and we'll both be able to talk it out and say, you know, is it worth it? Who should go? And also give some strategies on what time to show up by the time We record this podcast next week. I may have already been to two of these, depending on when we record. Oh, there's too much happening, Tony. There's too much happening. All right. This is what Tony and I have for you today.
1: Did you you do your homework? I did my homework. This was actually a really fun assignment, and it really uh, took some time to put together, actually. so
0: Right now, Tony and I are going to give you our top 10-ish Christmas gifts that we're looking forward to at the Disneyland Resort. I asked Tony, I said, make a list of five things that you're looking forward to doing during the holidays at Disneyland. I'll do five. We won't share these. So it could be a list of five or it could be a list of 10. Who knows? It's our 10 things we're looking forward to at Disney Christmas as we officially begin our countdown to Christmas. Tony, you're the guest here when you come to town on this Thursday, visiting from the great state of Illinois, I just lied. It's not great. Uh, Go ahead. What is your number five on your item? And then I will counter with my five.
1: Okay. I like that plan, especially because uh, I'm not a local. I'm flying out for this for for specifically for Christmas Disneyland. Um, But my five, my number five, I thought I'd keep it simple. And this is just something that anytime I, I do, Christmas Disneyland I have to fit it in somehow um and it's it's got to be the Mickey Peppermint beignets. like if you go there and you don't have that in your rotation at some point I feel like you're truly missing out on that Christmas spirit and Christmas spirit is only good if you could ingest it and have it in your stomach and uh you know just extra powdered sugar to go along with it. So that's my number five, Mark. I don't know how you feel about it, but that's something that I ha- absolutely have to have while I go.
0: Number five on my list. So we're already down to nine on our item. <laughs> number five on our li- on my list was treats, specifically the peppermint beignet phenomenal treat Mickey shaped. So it already has that nostalgia in there of our good bud Mickey, but then covered with that pink, candy cane or no it's peppermint uh powdered sugar so good so good sack of six for me and the kid and then uh i also put treats on the list because i absolutely adore at the end of the day going to gibson girl and getting that waffle cone that's been dipped in chocolate and then that chocolate Is just rolled over broken pieces of candy canes. And then inside of it, one scoop, two scoop of peppermint ice cream. Peppermint ice cream and a candy cane cone on Main Street. That's my number five.
1: It's instant Christmas. What you're saying is you're ingesting Christmas right into your body. As
0: I referred to it, it's like eating a Christmas tree.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I feel like the peppermint beignets are kind of an attraction of themselves because you have to really uh, make sure you don't get all of that uh, powdered sugar on you. So it doesn't look like you're doing like a ton of blow. Yes, so you have to make blow. sure that you are eating it very uh, efficiently and not getting it on yourself. So it's kind of like a game or an attraction by itself.
0: I once was on the third level of the Mark Twain. I had a bunch of friends in the park and I said, you go, you guys go ride big thunder. Meet me on the Mark Twain and I'll have a treat for you. So I went and got a couple bags of the peppermint beignets and they're over there riding the the, uh, big thunder. I'm up on the top deck of Twain. And I said, okay, I got like 12 of them here for everybody, but I got this little bag of three. I'm going to eat a couple by myself before everybody comes around. I'm not talking to be a Mr. Entertainer guy. So it was actually right after a designer con, just like the trip that you're going on. So I pull one of them out. Well, I shook the bag like you're supposed to. And then as I opened the bag, all of that pink powdered sugar flew out of the bag. But because I was on a boat, it went downstream. And there's a family of three sitting next to me. And it just went all over them. And I was like, sorry. And like literally when they moved, you could see the silhouette of their shoes. That's how much powdered sugar they got hit with. I did not feel like a citizen of Disneyland in that moment, Tony.
1: Yeah, it's dangerous. Like I said, man, it's uh, but it's worth Worth. it. It's totally worth it. Even if if something like like that happens, um, they'll understand because it's you know they're delicious. It's worth it. It's worth it.
0: Take one, take one for the team. All right, what do you have at number four?
1: Okay, this one. um, I have a feeling this one might pop up in yours too, just because I feel like I didn't really pick up on it until I started watching your walkthroughs. Oh. So my number four is going to be the Disneyland and DCA window displays.
0: Window displays. Oh, I'm going to have to bring out a judge to see is our number four, the same. Cause I just went with decorations. Uh, That's pretty close. Pretty close. Because one of the things that I love about going there is just cruising around and from land to land, Christmas lights to Christmas lights, Christmas tree to Christmas tree. Um, and as I've been pointing out on the Friday update series, how all of the decorations match the land that they're in. For example, uh, those ornaments that had the honey all over them in Critter Country. It's like, dog, that's the details that I'm coming here for. You keep dipping. Let me tell you something, Chapstick. You keep dipping ornaments and honey and I'll pay whatever you want me to pay. I'll make whatever reservation you need me to make.
1: Yeah, I mean, in general, yes, every single decoration in that place is going to get absorbed by these eyes and I'm going to enjoy it and really take it in. But there is something about those window displays yes. and I think it has to do specifically with um, being a kid like uh, my parents would take me downtown, you know, on the Mag Mile and you would go all past all the the giant displays for all the stores and you would see those awesome displays yeah. that they would have yeah. each store trying to outdo the other very much similar to like the opening of a christmas story right Mark? i was
0: just gonna say that it, it's the beginning of christmas story where that's set in what the 50s mm-hmm. I Think when, so. when they you know it's shot in cleveland but it's supposed to be indiana uh when they show that downtown cleveland and it looks like 1950s america by the way a lot of disney in there too You see Mickey Mouse. You see Snow White. But when all of that downtown area comes together, I just absolutely love it. I love 50s Christmas. Some of the best songs are from that period. Some of the more traditional decorations and traditions are from that period. Like the 50s is when Christmas really became a thing. And it stayed that way to the 60s. But if you go back and try to trace Christmas movies of the 70s, Christmas kind of like disappears for a while and then in the 80s it slowly starts building it builds through the 90s but the new millennial is when christmas became just huge here for it
1: yeah absolutely yeah i agree with that 100 percent. and those windows displays i feel like they lose um some magic for modern children right like sure they, they, they don't recall having to like go through catalogs to pick out toys or right. have to physically go look at things. So I feel like that might be lost on them, but um, for people of a certain age, there is a magic and of, of that window shopping. So, and I think that's something that Disney, uh, the Disney parks, especially on main street, uh, excel at completely hundred percent.
0: Why do you think, uh, what is it that makes it so special when they're animated?
1: I think it has to do with just the, uh, like the engineering that goes into some of them. It's like, it's crazy. You're you're like, it takes you a moment just to understand what's happening in front of you. And then there's so many other things that are going on. It's, it's basically like a moving painting. I feel like, because it's like, you're seeing a story unfold and all these things are moving around and it's, 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 there's just so much that goes into it and the design of it. So it's like, they, they built it in a way where it captures your eye and then it takes you on the story. And you're seeing all these things happen and it's, it's really just like, okay, this is just one of them. There are many more that that are going on besides this one. So it's just, I don't know. It's like a weird imagineering feat where they're able to take this small story, condense it down. And, uh, give you the feels really what do you think mark
0: yeah i think it's the magic trick of it's moving and then you take that little bit of time to figure out okay but how is it moving oh it's that piece it's moving it's not that one it just had me thinking that um it'd be very interesting if you were an artist and that was what you did you know like if you essentially made you know these moving paintings as you called them or these moving illustrations um because it it's just, there's something about the, the stacking on them, too, um, that reminds me a lot of, uh, help me out here, director Wes Anderson, his films, where there's always, everything looks like it's cut out of paper, right? And everything looks like a, for, a, keep it simple, like it's a play at a school, right? Where, like, we're going to cut the trees out, and then we're going to put the town there, and then we're going to put the backdrop of cloth behind us. It's that, like tangible stacking of ideas and then you add in a little bit of motion and it just it's so remedial but so like nostalgic and thought-provoking and magical and that's one of the things I always loved about Toontown was how you know not only does everything there have a swell to it you know there's like every building starts at a base and goes to a roof, but it swells. You know, it has like a, like this nice, like bulging contour to everything. So you have this, these animated buildings, but then the landscape behind it was exactly what we're talking about. looks like it's cut out of paper and, you know, it's only three or four feet apart the layers, but that really with our eyes and the way that we use, um, distance to make ourselves feel safe and navigate through the world. It, it adds a real magic trick of depth and perception. And that's why I was excited to go and show everybody like, Hey, the way that monsters Inc is put together is the way that Toontown, uh, will be constructed. Once they get the, the Mickey and Minnie's, uh, massive runaway building, uh, covered that, that trick will happen. So yeah, sometimes it's just like those basic, like tactile tricks, that can invoke the most amount of magic.
1: And it doesn't even have to be um, as complex as a lot of the ones that I've seen. It could be something as simple as like, I remember last year uh, in DCA, they had that awesome rock candy mountain train set. That's there all year long. Oh, is that there? Okay. So you're all year, all year cool. long yeah. and th- that just that. So the thing is not overly complicated. It's literally just a train set that goes around a really well-designed Dude. mountain, but it's great. Like it's, it's just very, <laughs> Well-designed, and it's super cool, and I enjoy seeing it. That
0: window is so phenomenal because, one, that was almost the first ever uh, addition to Disneyland. They were going to build a, a, a rock candy mountain back where uh, storybook canal boats are. And the idea was is that you'd get on a boat, you'd go through it, and you would end up in the Wizard of Oz. And the storyline was Dorothy's birthday. So you'd cruise around in there. So not only is that window a clever nod to Disney's past, just like when I went into the Plaza Point Christmas shop and I found those flower baskets up on the top. I'm like, that's a shout out to Main Street when they used to have the flower um, you know, cart where you could go up and buy flowers over on the uh, West Street. But anyways, the Rock Candy Mountain, not only is it a nod to the past, but they do something so clever. The trains, last time I saw it, weren't on the tracks. But when the trains come back, Pay attention next time, because there's three different trains on there. There's a train on the bottom track, a train on the middle track, and a train on the top. Each one of those trains is a different scale. So therefore, it appears as if the train is going up the mountain. Obviously, it would get smaller and smaller if you're standing on the ground. But to have three different tracks with three different sizes of trains... And to have that all timed somewhere to where, you know, train number one goes by and then there's obviously a delay where train number two releases and does its track. And when it comes back around, it obviously clicks a scan that then releases the third one. I mean, it's just a window display and so few psychos like me will ever see that that's happening, but it does happen. That's, you know what? $3,000 a day, 20 reservations. I'm in. I don't care. I don't care what it means. I'm in.
1: Yeah, you would uh, you would be down for that. You hear me, Chabit?
0: You can't outprice me.
1: <laughs>
0: what do you got at number three?
1: Okay. So this is where it started getting really tight and having to make those decisions of like, all right, which is, you know, what takes precedence over the other thing. So this is tough because I feel like it is ranked low, but and I'm looking at it now. And I'm like, mm, maybe this isn't the best spot for it. But I... My number three, I went with the Small World Holiday slash Promenade, and I went. Yeah, it's it's in the middle there. It's it's right in the middle. But let me explain something. Interesting. I I I I like it a lot. I think it's fantastic. It's something you absolutely have to see. Otherwise, I would not have put it on this list. And every single time I see it for the first time, it's amazing. And the interior of the ride is fantastic. Um, but there are two other things that are a little bit more important to me personally. Um, so that's why it's where it's at, but otherwise, believe me, it's something everybody should experience, especially if you have little kids. Oh. Um, because they do, they run that show every like half hour, right? For the,
0: yeah, the projections go up. I believe it's every 15. It's either every, uh, what is it? Is it every 15 minutes? They do that projection show on the, uh, outer exterior. Uh, that little projection show is great when you start hearing that quick, 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 when they start you know cranking up the clock as a cue that it's getting ready to go off i've brought so many people over there not tell them that's getting ready to happen and then just like oh whoa what is this and then at the end when it all builds and the christmas lights all come back on the front facade magic
1: yeah i know i could uh i could visualize jared like with a tear rolling down his <laughs> eye because i ranked it so low but yeah, it's it's still fantastic.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, so your small world. You're you're just saying the whole small world, the attraction, the light show, the whole caboodle. You got it at three. Yes. Where does Small World as a ride rank for you?
1: Oh, that's up there. I would say that is easily in my top five.
0: I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed small world at Walt Disney world at magic kingdom, uh, because I had ridden small world in Paris and they cut a lot of corners and it didn't have that same vibe to it. But I have to say, uh, the magic kingdom version out East here, my whole thought here, they improved small world, but they didn't make it better. Okay, like you can't make the first time you do something better because it's just it's the first time there's an instant nostalgia there. So, you know, the Mary Blair, Rolly Crump duo of making that World's Fair, bringing it back to Disneyland, the opening ceremony. Like there's just it's a historic ride. It's like part theme park attraction, part, you know, museum piece. So that's always going to be on number one. But they did do some improvements out on the east coast such as the last room speaking of jared who always refers to that as when all the children die and go to heaven uh i love that at the end instead of going to heaven you go to a carnival and i like the ferris wheel and the merry-go-round and all of those vibes and i also felt like the east coast version they do a good job of not having so many like dark spaces and black walls that just don't have anything on them
1: yeah, and there's also the fact that even though it's everything is indoors with that one, um, there does come a time on, in Disneyland when you're like waiting to go inside the the show building, like man, it's really hot. The sun's beating down on me. Yeah, I gotta yeah. get off this thing. Yeah. So there are small little yeah, I, I, I absolutely. Plus, I think the Disney World version with the um, where you exit or it t- what's what scan your swipes your Magic Band and you see your name magically pop me. up is it, something that was a genius uh, it idea. Me.
0: It made me cry, man. When I was rolling through in the boat and it said my name on the card, I was like... And I like looked over at the dentist. I was like, what? what? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, magic band technology. I was like, what? what? Uh, uh, uh. Like, I didn't even know how to respond to that because it was a complete magic trick that I didn't see coming. I, I, I just have to say, I thought it was... It's a really clever reinterpretation of the classic. Not as good, but improved in some aspects. But man, oh man, when you go through Fantasyland proper, you come around the turn there and you just see it's a small world sitting there. That is a hell of a set piece.
1: Yeah, it's especially Christmas version. It's just on another level for me. So, yeah, it's like I said, it's the middle of mine. I know it probably should be higher, but. Well, we'll get to that. What was your uh, what was your number 3? My
0: number 3 was the music. I love the treats, I love the decorations, but the icing on top is the music. Over in DCA, I love the winter weather. I like the two of us together. I love how over in DCA they have that like, you know, roaring 20s, 30s type music and, you know, like everybody has a gravelly voice and you can't tell if somebody's a really old man or a really smoky woman uh i love the music that they have over there over by the uh paradise gardens i love all the latino celebrations that they have happening over there i, I just love like it's just like you you just you get into a party zone over there uh then over at radiator springs the soundtrack is that you know 50s kind of inspired christmas they've got all the decorations up it's great uh monsters after cookies go out after dark fantastic song inside the galaxy's guardians and then over on main street you have that classic instrumental music over in critter country by Pooh's uh winnie the Pooh's attraction they play this like really good like heartfelt country um Christmas loop, I love the jazz, Christmas in New Orleans Square. I mean, I just the the Christmas music in every land is awesome. And then in Galaxy's Edge, when they do the Christmas flyover and you hear you're like, Well, yeah. Just like Santa Claus came through here.
1: Yeah, it's uh it, it's funny that you mention how many different Christmas song iterations are going on in that place yeah. at, at every time of the day. And it's pretty impressive because honestly, like they could just play the same Christmas songs you hear all year round. My personally, uh, my, my favorite Christmas song is the It's the Holiday Season, so do do do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just that, like that old, but like hearing it in Disneyland makes me that much more um, emotional and excited because it feels like this weird uh like uh you know christmas morning type feeling that i get where i don't i don't get that when i listen to it on the radio or when i have it on just in the house it's it's but being there in the park and hearing that song just really like kicks in an overdrive for me so
0: yeah there's a couple in the uh, main street uh background loop that just really get me you know they just like drive it home and you know music is the soundtrack to our lives so you have this you know beautiful landscape around you. And then that music just invokes, is it a really happy moment? Is it a really sad moment? Like the, the music is the, the pulling of the heartstrings inside the park. And I mean, that's two reasons why I, lo- I use a lot of music in my vlog series. Uh, one is to make sure I don't get demonetized because I spend a lot of time filming them and editing them. And I would like to make whatever little bit of ad money that I can. So that's the first reason but I also use my own soundtrack because it allows me to edit the videos at a more aggressive pace. Um, and it allows me to tell a better story because I'm setting the mood with song and with narration. It's not for everybody. It seems like genuine. generally most people like it instead of hating it. But I use the music in my vlog series to really like bring home the story and the message in these like little movies I'm trying to shoot inside of Disneyland. Um, and so I, I, as a guy from the music industry, I understand that magic trick. That's why I have it at number three, Tony, what do you have for your deuce?
1: Okay. My number two is going to be uh, the haunted mansion holiday. Oh. Now I'm kind of, uh, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite on this one because Usually I'm the one crying foul like around Halloween when I'm like, I go on it and I'm like, no, man, it should be give me, give me the regular version during Halloween. I need to see the the regular ghosts. Like, I don't need to see Jack Skellington this early. But that being said, once November rolls around, I am more than ready for the holiday aspect of it. So I'm I'm always excited to see, you know, whatever the the gingerbread house is for the year all the decorations and everything that, that go into it are, are top notch. And I've always really had an admiration for, it. and I, I like that, you know, it's very Disneyland specific and something that like you have to go to Disneyland to go and check out and enjoy. Um, so it's, it, it's great. I I'm haunted mansion is my favorite attraction period. Um, but so haunted holiday is just that extra bonus every year of like, Hey, we did something a little different, switch things up a little bit. Um, and it's it's great, but yeah. That being said, like I wish. Obviously, I know how much time and effort goes into, you know, getting it ready. I understand why they do it so early in advance, but like if it was up to be, there was a switch they could just flip on, you know, November, December, uh, and you know maybe into January and then be done. That would be it for me, but that being said it's it's fantastic and there's, there's a reason why the wait times are always insanely high for this thing because it's that good
0: yeah i uh this is the difference between local and traveler to the disneyland resort which is i'm glad that i have your perspective because typically by the time the holidays come around i've already cruised it two or three times and so to me because you know it it shows up in september to me it is a fall tradition now don't get me wrong marius nights if there's a short line i'm going to be ripping some haunted mansion uh and i'll fill value of my tickets purchased by doing so to me it it, it skews more halloween than christmas although i do love that every year the first person to wish me a uh, merry christmas or a happy holiday is jack skellington which is a pretty interesting thing because he does it before anybody else in September. So for me, uh, it's not even in my top five list because at number two, if I'm looking at this year, I put Marius Knights at number two, just because um, I'm I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what's new. Uh, My anticipations are that there will be some experience that I'll have through Marius Nights, that I've never had before. And, you know, my trip out to Walt Disney World and my trip to Paris was all about discovering new Disneyland and, and discovering new Disney parks. So I'm hoping that, you know, the Muppets are our Christmas car- carolers on That'd be Main awesome. Street. I hope that I've read the tea leaves right. And there is going to be a Christmas jazz cruise on the Mark Twain that they'll have a band out there playing uh, carols, you know, but in a jazz influences, that's part of the New Orleans Square celebration. So for me, Marius Nights is something I'm, I I bought the tickets. I'm like, well, I'll just do it because I do all this stuff for the channel. But as it's gotten closer I've gotten very excited and I'm happy that I'm holding so many tickets and also excited that, you know, I have a date date night with my wife and some friends going. Uh, So Marius nights is number two for me this year.
1: Yeah, that's a good pick. I think, you know, I, I was the same way where I just, I bought the ticket, not really thinking too much about it. And then, Obviously, now this is in a few days and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm flying out yeah, to to awesome. and I'm going to this thing. <laughs> I'm not just going to be sitting on the sidelines watching Mark, you know, live stream and, uh, <laughs> you know, hanging out with all, all of our club buds. Um, so, yeah, the more the closer and closer I get to it, I'm like, it, it still hasn't really clicked in my head yet that I'm going, but I'm going and I'm very excited. And just to be in there during Christmas time and everything, it, it's, it's going to be awesome. So but that's a solid choice.
0: Yeah, so what do you have for your numero uno?
1: Okay, I think um, I had to think really long and hard about this because obviously this is... Hold on, can I guess? Yeah, go ahead.
0: All right, so you have treats, you have decorations, you already have Haunted Mansion and Small World on there. Dude, what... Why did I say I wanted to guess this? I can't even figure out what's missing. You could probably guess mine, right?
1: Oh, no, no, no! I, Wait, you go first then, because I feel like mine's mine's pretty good, and I I, I feel like mine will be similar, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, so you no?
0: mine you already listed by number one. It's a small world's my favorite.
1: Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's right. You did say that. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I I didn't say anything when you had it at three. It's my number one because it is my favorite Southern California Christmas tradition. I mean, outside, you know, going to Disneyland is a thing, but when I get in there, small world holiday is my favorite thing. Didn't happen last year. Um, you know, I was honored to go to Rolly Crump's house and interview him about his career and talk to him about that attraction, which gives me, uh, Makes me feel close to it and having met, you know, one of the masterminds that worked on it. I love it. Uh it symbolizes everything I love about the holiday. Like it's going inside of those store windows that you talked about earlier. Like it feels like you're inside of, you know, those Macy's windows for lack of a better term. I love that it's the first time every year that we get to see the new year written out. You know, there's that marquee by the moon that will say 2022 and that'll be the first time I'll see it in writing. And it makes it feel more real that I've lived to see another year. Uh, And, you know, it's just a masterful idea of let's take something we already have. Let's make it more special, which I think really embodies what the holidays mean. I love outside that every strand of lights has one white light that blinks, which makes it twinkle, right? So it's, you have a, Line of blue lights, but you take one out, you put a white one in there that blinks, and all of them all over the facade. So when you come around the corner, it does twinkle. The projection shows fantastic. Also, you'll find the greatest wreaths in the park. The wreaths that they put on the different lighting rigs for the parade route. You picked the parade. That's what it was. Parade?
1: Nope.
0: Damn. Uh, those wreaths through there are really, really fantastic. All combined. It's a small world holiday. I can't wait to get back, baby.
1: Yeah, I I get where you're coming from that being uh your number 1, that makes total sense.
0: All right, what would um, yours be? Would it be Is it Cars Land?
1: No. I I like Cars Land but no.
0: And it's not the parade. You didn't put you're not a music guy.
1: Do you want a hint? Yeah. Um it's it's all about vibes.
0: Oh. Do tell
1: okay, Tony Mendez's number one Disneyland top five Christmas presents. Is it is... a Christmas bench? No, okay. it's close, you're getting there. It is the Christmas Disneyland shutdown. Oh. Because oh. Mark, as you have taught me, this is—you are oh. the one. You are the Jedi that taught me that yeah. if you're going to shut down any uh, anything in Disneyland, it had better be Christmas Disneyland. Because you get Main Street the most. Honestly, if I'm being serious, I think Christmas Disneyland Main Street might be the most magical version, the most magical iteration of Main Street you'll you'll come across because yeah. the music is going. It, it gets really quiet when the park empties out. You have it to yourself, or if you're lucky with your buds, yeah. you're having this amazing time. That you're, you know, this is the end of the year. You're, you're, you're with friends and you're with family, and so all of these things come together—a perfect evening. You've, you've done all the attractions. You've, you've walked around. You've hung out. You've eaten well, and then you just have this cherry on top, which is, you, you know, you you wait out the crowds. You wait out the fireworks. And you just have this quiet moment where you can kind of reflect on the day. And then you get to have that beautiful Christmas tree to yourselves. And maybe you rip a sick pick. Maybe you just take it all in. Maybe you sit on that bench. But you have lived another year. And you are enjoying Christmas with the ones that you love. And Main Street is the place to do it. So number one, shutting down Disneyland at Christmas time hands down
0: this is when uh the apprentice becomes the master because you have nailed it that i mean to me in all fairness it's just a default setting i'm not going out until they tell me i have to leave during the holidays but i think the reason why disneyland christmas is so special Is because we've watched Christmas, especially with our ages, you know, we line up with this resurgence of holiday entertainment. You see it packaged so perfectly in the movies that life can sometimes be disappointing because it's not as perfect as we've seen it. But the first time I went to Disneyland during the holidays, I was like, oh, this is Christmas holiday perfection. Like they have nailed everything that my anticipations and my emotions feel manifest the holiday season. And the best way I could explain it to somebody who's never been there and was like, should I go? I'm like, if you've ever wanted to go into that little village at the bottom of your Christmas tree, that's what Disneyland is every November and December when it's open.
1: Yeah, there is a, There's something magical that happens in that quiet moment where, you know, everything kind of lets up and it's just you and Main Street. And it's for me, I I use it to reflect. And And it's weird because you're either staring towards the train station or you're staring down at the castle, one or the other. And the streets, you know, either empty or almost empty. And it's just like all these things that go through your head you think about yeah. you know people that might not be with you anymore right. but it's like you have all these memories that come flooding in because of that that quiet stillness but there's still that the music in the background and it's not it's like it's it's just quiet enough where you can still hear it but it, it's in the back of your head and it's like you can just you're, you're more thinking about everything else and then just kind of letting your emotions overtake you in that moment So it's like, for me, it's, it's very magical and believe me, it's having that picture of yourself, you know, with Christmas Disneyland all to yourself is it's totally worth it every single time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's, that was my number one. If I was like, if I, there's one thing I absolutely have to do at Christmas at Disneyland, it's shut it down and have that moment to myself where I can reflect and, you know, think about uh, the year. So there it is.
0: It is good, man. It really takes this holiday that can be confusing and overwhelming. And, you know, if Christmas is like everything else and actually same for Disneyland, if you let it overwhelm you and stress you, if you focus on how much it costs or missing work, you know, it's like you get out of this world, what you put into it, what you take away from it. And I know the last couple of weeks we've, you know, been a little bit more critical and studied things, which I'm never going to stop doing that because, that's how I think you fully learn to appreciate things. And, you know, I just if you love something, you should study it from all angles. But when you let that part of your brain go, shh, it's Christmas, baby. Let's not worry about Bobby Chapstick and the prices. You know, the only reservation you have is with a candy cane on Main Street. You know, it's like when you get yourself into that mindset where you just say, okay, it's the end of the year, man. Nothing else matters. I've made it. We had a rough year last year. Not everybody's with us that we wish was. The, that music's playing. Man, I'm fired up.
1: And it's- correct me if I'm wrong, but this is officially the first year with Club 1313 present during Christmas Disneyland, right?
0: It is. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if I was the last person to leave Christmas at Disneyland, In January of 2020, am I not the last person on earth that has experienced Christmas at Disneyland and therefore my King of Christmas title goes back out on the line for this holiday season and I will have to be the final person to leave Christmas this January to keep my title as the King of Christmas?
1: You got a belt to hold on to, brother
0: hey man I'm like those wrestlers when they come down and they're wearing a strap and then they got one over their shoulder I got the trampion around my waist and then I got King of Christmas on my shoulder you know Tony it's an embarrassment of riches friends I hope you enjoyed our countdown to Christmas as we look forward to the holiday season. Change the the tone over here on the podcast this week. This is what you should expect. We're going to be doing current events. We're going to be doing happy things, bad things. I'm going to be doing interviews, and sometimes Tony will will be missing, but we'll come back to wrap it all up for members of Club 1313. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, let us know in the comments below. Consider subscribing to the channel, and I appreciate everybody being here, even the lunatics. Tony. What do you say? Let's do some bonus content for all of our friends over at club1313.com.
1: You got it. Let's do it. Let's do it.